0: Hello and welcome to the Wheelie Good Travel Guide podcast. Each episode we give you the inside scoop on accessible travel with tips on how to travel with a disability but without the stress. My name is John Fletcher and like many of you, I'm a disabled traveller who loves seeing the world from a different angle. In this episode of the Really Good Travel Guide podcast, I'm talking to Robin Shepherd, the man behind Hotel Brooklyn. We talk about his rise to the top in the hotel industry, what inspired him to create the first luxury, accessible and inclusive to all hotel in the UK, and so much more. So join us now as we chat. And I'm going to now welcome um, a good friend of mine, uh, Robin Shepherd, who is the president of Bespoke Hotels. Welcome, Robin, to the Really Good Travel Guide podcast.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Very good to meet you on, over over the airwaves. It
0: is lovely to have you. Now, you were the creator of Hotel Brooklyn, accessible and inclusive to all hotels. You've Risen through the ranks from a trainee to senior management. You've worked in some of the finest hotels in the UK, you know, like the Ligon Arms. Uh, one of my favourites, because uh, I used to live near here. The Welcome Hotel in Stratford-on-Avon, <laughs> the Royal Berkshire, and Bus Bar as well. So you've risen through the, those ranks. You've fought your way up and you know today you're the president as i said of bespoke hotels and uh, you oversee some of the truly great hotels in uk like hotel gotham here in manchester <laughs> and for you golf fans out there he also looks after car <laughs> <laughs> so robin Tell me a little bit about what brought you into the hospitality and hotel industry.
1: I was 15 and three quarters. I took a holiday job in a hotel in the West Country, which had a Polynesian restaurant, mainly because we had uh, some straw matting over the ceiling to the bar going into the restaurant. And we tended to put pineapple on most of the food. It was day four of my very junior experience, and we had a tall and thin um, general manager, whose name I never really got to know, but his nickname was Streaky Bacon because he was long and thin. Um, at 15 three quarters, I accused him of being Mr Bacon because I didn't know any better. As I appeared for duty on the Saturday night after day four, there he was draped over the bar, obviously been on the schooners of Sherry in the afternoon. Mr Bacon, is everything all right, sir? No, it's not chuffing well all right. My wife's just run off with the restaurant manager at which point he pirouetted and collapsed over a coffee table, shattering the glass ashtray on the table. And as I put my arms around his armpits and dragged him into the nearest broom cupboard, I remember horse whispering into his ear, does this mean you won't be taking the orders tonight, sir? At which point um, I never saw him again. Um, It was a sink or swim evening, and we sank without trace with a dinner dance for 180 people. Everything came on a trolley. There was an order of trolley carving trolley dessert trolley cheese trolley etc etc and my finest line during the evening when one of the uh, ladies attending said waiter is this fruit salad fresh and I said well it's fresh out of a tin madam I thought that was terribly clever but of course you don't know anything when you're that age got Um. home to see my parents and said how did you get on I said well I don't think I'm ever 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 going to work in hotels ever again and that was it I was hooked I've uh, been doing it ever since yeah, it's, it, and the nice thing is that,
0: like I say, you, you've come up from, from that to be, you know, um, I think it's safe to say one of the most influential people in the hospitality industry today.
1: Well, that's very sweet of you. I think that's another way of um, describing the fact that I've been around a long time. Um, oh you and me both <laughs> i've gotten to know a few people along the way but um i i do commend our industry it's it's full of personalities and character and quirk and it's rich and colorful and it's something that i cherish and i'm so glad i took that choice to go into the hospitality industry because it's it suited my personality very well
0: i yes certainly you know i i think one of the things i love about when i go into a any hotel is getting to know the staff. Um, And I think, again, you know, like we talk about Hotel Brooklyn, it's the staff that make the hotel. You know, it's, you walk in and you see the smiles and uh, yes, there's some banter. (laughs) I'm sure sometimes guests look at me and go, I can't believe you just said that to that <laughs> uh, that barman, you know. Uh, but we do. <laughs> in fact, my 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 uh, assistance dog actually refuses to to go past Hotel Brooklyn. She sits down at the door and refuses to move any further until we go in. So, yeah, a very uh, well trained dog. Oh yes, yes, a dog with taste. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you, you must have faced some challenges, you know, as you've risen through the ranks in um, in the hotel industry. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about those?
1: Well, I had some careers advice when I was joining college to do my hotel management degree at Oxford, what is now Oxford Brookes University, which was Oxford Poly when and the day I was there. Um, and one of the pieces of advice was zigzag. Make sure when you get out of student life, uh, get a job, learn what you can from it, then get a job with a little bit more responsibility and keep zapping from one to the other. So mm. You keep tucking away the experience. And sure enough, um, I ended up with a patchwork of experience of a few good lessons from some admirable teachers and some very indifferent lessons from ex- from extramural ex- teachers. And you... You find your path, you decide how you want to be treated, how you want to treat others according to your impressions gained along the way. So I found that exciting and exhilarating. Um, And I was very fortunate to um, end up with some really key, influential and inspirational people that I uh, ended up working for. One of whom was a gentleman called Douglas Barrington, who was the owner of the Ligon Arms Hotel in Broadway, which in its day was the sort of godmother of country house hotels. And moving there for me was like a finishing school or a graduation. But what I learned from Douglas about anticipation of what people wanted and how to prepare and plan was extraordinary. And I still use many of those lessons even today. So I do feel very fortunate to have learned from some masters along the way.
0: What, you know, what I I think is, you know, so key is that you have got the eye for detail. Um, You know, so what inspired you to create Hotel Brooklyn?
1: Well, if we just dial the clock back a little bit, I'd wanted to have a hotel in Manchester for a long, long time and um, was introduced to a developer who'd purchased the building on King Street in Manchester, number 100, which had Jamie Oliver's restaurant on the ground floor and vacant floors above and uh, as soon as I saw the building and met the principal um, I was uh, swept up in the, what I thought we could do with the building and I remember writing a side note to myself we're going to code name this project Gotham whilst we work out what to call it um, and I envisaged a, a sort of storyboarded hotel which had a hint of Great Gatsby a hint of Captain Mannering bank manager, uh, a a dash of contemporary glamour, and we conceived Hotel Gotham, uh, put the name out there by accident in social media, and suddenly had a a whole cacophony of people saying what a terrible name, how stupid, other people saying what a great name, and I thought well if this name is doing all the work by itself, uh, maybe we're onto something, but I was so reminded of old New York when I saw the building recently featured on Peaky Blinders as a building in New York that um, uh, I fell in love and uh, uh, we were terribly fortunate we picked a, a very good team the Manchester public took to the property straight away and the staff that we were able to hire were so hungry and excited by the story that we put together that we had a roller coaster which just seemed to be all ups and very few downs for several years until Covid hit us Anyway, uh, along the way, um, I had separately decided that I would like to do something for disabled people and created an award scheme uh, called the Blue Badge Access Awards, which launched at the House of Lords in 2016, about a year after we opened Gotham. Um, And I decided to try and influence some of the hotels within our group to make us better at anticipating the needs of those with accessibility requirements, but at the same time recognize those who elsewhere were doing really, really well. Um, So armed with that, we then identified a second site in Manchester um, and I wanted to trade off the goodwill we'd created through the Gotham launch. The two hotels were separated by somewhere bizarrely called New York Street.
0: Yes. (laughs) So you can see
1: where this is going. And I thought, Brooklyn, that'll do. Then I remembered all those teenage trips to see my father's brother who lived in Brooklyn Heights in New York. Um, And I had this very vivid and and warm set of memories of of going to stay with my crazy uncle, who was a professor of television, bizarrely. Um, How you teach TV, I don't know, but he made a career out of it. Every year he would send a black and white Christmas card a line drawing somewhere in Brooklyn Heights, whether that was the bridge, the Jehovah's Witness building, or Montgomery Street, didn't really matter. Um, and I found some of these old prints which we managed to um, get retreated to blow up big to become wallpaper in all the bedrooms in the hotel.
0: Ah, so, so, we, now I know.
1: <laughs> so there's, there's the very personal connection. Um, Brooklyn is a very different uh, proposition. It's about 190 bedrooms, whereas Gotham is only 60. And from the get-go, we decided we were going to be uh, the most generous in terms of provision of disabled access rooms. So the statutory amount is 5% of your bedstock has to be DDA compliant. We went for 10%, so 18 of our rooms are uh, encouraging for disabled people. And we have over-provided in terms of, for the first time in the UK, delivering uh, accessible suites. Um, I'd like an up- upgrade to an accessible room rather than a downgrade, Is a seldom heard expression at yep. reception desks in the UK. Um, we put in uh, carer rooms with connecting doors through into uh, the, the, the principal room Uh, we put in concealed ceiling hoists and the list just went on and on and once we got the technical spec sorted out for the building we set about training um, disability awareness uh, how to feel confident around people who have special needs uh, and how to make all those people feel special yeah rather than just needy Um, and lastly I suppose um, through all of this and you can see where the title is coming from we thought that calling them disabled or accessible rooms was a bit underwhelming so the expression liberty rooms came possibly inspired by the Statue of Liberty I'm not too sure Um, but uh, that's what we call them now would you like to stay in one of our liberty rooms and I hope that that name will catch on and others will start to invest in it finally what, what we've managed to do is to set a a standard now it's a new standard higher than what is statutory Um, i'm not saying it's the panacea or it's the greatest thing since sliced bread but i do think it's a good achievable standard for others to follow Mm. and and more importantly for others to exceed and treat as a base point so that they want to do even better Um, yeah that's that's where we're currently sitting in our logic
0: i think one of the things i love about staying at the hotel brooklyn and i I have to admit, I usually stay in the Liberty. Um, <laughs> is that if I'm in one of the rooms with the ceiling hoist, is that most people, as they walk into the uh, into the room, won't even know that the ceiling hoist is there because yeah. it's cunningly disguised as a mm. as a lighting feature, and I think that is absolutely amazing. The other thing I personally love is that when you go into the um, into the bathroom, uh, the wet room, it doesn't look uh, the one bugbear I always have about a lot of hotels is when you go into the bathroom and it looks like a hospital
1: wet
0: room. That is not the case with Hotel Brooklyn. You walk in or you in my case, roll in, <laughs> uh, and it's as stylish as any other five-star hotel. Well,
1: know. Jonathan, I must say that's very comforting to hear that from you. It's praise indeed, because that was our intention. We wanted to put an elegance and style. Just because yeah. you've lost your ability to walk yeah. without assistance doesn't mean you've lost your style. And um, the the number of conversations I've witnessed where um people are marginalized at at check-in let alone when they get to the room we build in disappointment historically Mm. To I'm sorry sir I've only got a disabled room left I don't want one of those I want an able-bodied room haven't you got anything better no I haven't I'm full I tell you what I do though I'll knock a bit of money off for you how's 20 quid is that all right for you so you're already building in a discount and an apology um which, to my mind, seems very uncivilized.
0: You know, I, I've even stayed in some of the um, not so grand. Liberty is my favourite,
1: I have to yeah. admit.
0: But you know, I've I have tried some of the other rooms as well, and each time it's the the standard is really high, and would. So, for example, um, we stayed... I'm trying to think the name of the room now.
1: (laughs) Well, you stayed Um, in another room. Let's carry on.
0: Yeah, it was a a, a a different room. And it was still a very accessible um, wet room. Um, I could actually get into the room um, because all too often you sometimes find... Hotel rooms have very narrow doors, mm. and that's not the case uh, with Hotel Brooklyn. Um, it's quite funny because I was actually talking to um, a design, an interior designer of cruise ships, and I said to him, I said to him "Do you know the biggest problem with um, with cruise ships?" Is that 90% of the rooms are too small? The door is too small. If they yeah. you increase the door space by about two or three inches, they could sell so much more. Yeah. And um, even even he said, "I never thought about that." I said, "Well, that's all it takes—just that two or three inches."
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, because I think a lot of people forget that even though somebody may be a wheelchair user, they they may only use the wheelchair for distance.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, you know, I can you know I can walk a little bit, but not very far.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, so you know, it's just so comforting that I know I've got that ability to have a hotel room that is. Yeah, that meets my needs really.
1: So well, I, I should I should declare I do have an interest. I I had a a very nasty paralysing illness hit me in two thousand and four, just before Christmas Eve, where um, I had hitherto been reasonably able bodied and um, suddenly was overwhelmed by um, a, a, an illness called Guillaume Barré syndrome, which I'd never heard of before. And overnight, within a 24-hour period, I I found my body just shut down. I went Mm. from full movement to being completely paralyzed from the neck downwards in a 24-hour period, uh, just coming into Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve is not a great time to get admitted to the ICU in any hospital in the country. (laughs) So coming out of that was a slow and tenuous issue, but like you in terms of walking I, I probably function better as a tripod when i'm when i'm walking um, but on long distances i i need a chair i need assistance I, I just can't i can't cope with the long distance so yeah
0: i, I, I think that's one of the things i love about hotel brooklyn because uh, it just it doesn't just cater for um, somebody who is full-time wheelchair user. He he, caters for people who are part-time. My partner, uh, David, is uh, visually impaired. The amount of times he goes, have you not spotted this little detail? I go, "Um, no, but (laughs) you know, it's like the welcome mat is uh, ideal for uh, visually impaired people um, you know like I say in the bar he knows exactly where he is in the bar Right. Um, and it's so lovely for me to be able to send him to buy the drinks
1: that's according to the floor pattern well, yes well there's, there's another ul- ulterior motive
0: <laughs> I, get, I, I, I often say now you've got no excuse because you know you, you know your way to the bar um <laughs> so don't come that you can't find the bar we know exactly where it is Um, well the exciting
1: thing for us Jonathan we've been able to do it again we've we've done a second Brooklyn in sunny Leicester right next door to the Leicester Tigers Rugby Club which has the same approach to accessible rooms very similar number of bedrooms in total Um, so we've done that one and we've got a couple more planned one for Liverpool where a site has been secured and another one in Leeds so You never know, maybe you'll (laughs) get more uh, Brooklyn hotels popping up, all with the same approach to being as accessible, friendly as we can make them, and and full of liberty. How how different is the Leicester
0: one to the Manchester one?
1: Well, it's got a wider uh, footprint. It's on top of a half-sunken car park. It has a bridge, imaginatively called Brooklyn Bridge, which takes you from the first floor... Of the hotel into the main hospitality suite in the grandstand in the rugby club. So, as a VIP, you can stay the night and, and just segue across into your blended seats. Um, much more food and beverage space. Uh, it's a bigger footprint um, than, than in Manchester, so it's not quite as compact. Um, but it's uh, it's a it's a lovely V-shaped building with a um, a huge atrium in, in the middle of the. The V, where we try to render some a brick face and, and fire escape style um, metalwork, which is redolent of what the back of a house in Brooklyn would have looked like at the turn of the, the turn of last century.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing! I'm looking forward to going over because uh, I I was talking to Dennis um, in emails a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to try and do um a podcast from leicester so hopefully that will
1: well I, uh, I hope you i hope you approve it's slightly different dna and the people are different the local yeah. staff are different they're not quite as full of um zip and vim as they are in manchester manchester is quite a cheeky chappy kind of town
0: yeah i think that, that that's putting it nicely <laughs> <laughs> i i, I I'm looking forward to seeing your Liverpool one as well, which is um, quite exciting because. Well, we uh, should
1: start work on that towards the end of the year. Uh, all oh, the lovely.
0: Where, whereabouts is it going to be?
1: Uh, it's just on the Strand, so it's got views directly overlooking the line for building, so it's a great little spot.
0: Oh, you have just sold it to me straight away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let, let, let us build it first, and then we'll. <laughs> oh, I,
0: I, I was in Liverpool last week for. Um, a ship visit with Fred Olsen.
1: Oh yeah. And,
0: uh, I think we spent half our day, the previous day, going up and down trying to find our hotel in uh, in Liverpool. So if it's on the Strand, I know exactly where it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. So that, that's fantastic. And you, you've also got leads coming up as well.
1: Well, we've got a site identified, and we're just doing variations on the planning permission at the moment, but I've no reason to believe that we won't be able to start that. The issue is available time and resource, so yeah. we'll have to do them one at a time. We, we can't do them both at the same time, so it'll be Liverpool first and then Leeds. As long
0: as you don't nick all our staff from Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's, that's really exciting. Are you, are you thinking of expanding to Europe or...?
1: Well, I think just one step at a time, we're, we're developing a couple more Gothams as well. So oh, lovely. we've got started work in Bristol on the old Guild Hall in Small Street in Bristol. And we've also started work in Newcastle at the old fire station on Pilgrim Street. So those two will open at the back end of 24, early 25. So um, that, so, that but sounds exciting. We, we've, got, we've got plenty of um, new projects to, to, to occupy us.
0: That sounds really exciting because it seems that you've got all my um, all my cruise uh, ports all covered. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to have to worry now. Where am I going to stay when I, I go on a ship visit, mm, or when I go on a cruise? It'll be like, yes, I know exactly where to stay.
1: <laughs> well, you're a keen advocate of cruising, uh, Jonathan. I think it.
0: I I am. I start. I, started my travel career as a cruise specialist it's always I've always got a bit of a soft spot for a ship um so yeah that it's it sounds like it's exciting times um yeah
1: well it's also very challenging times because of course the government don't really help many people at the moment we seem to have a government that's determined to be a bit of a wrecking ball and Mm. mess of things I, i i do despair sometimes with the quality and level of iq of many of our politicians but i won't go too much further with that quagmire um, you
0: and me both <laughs> yeah. i am I'm, I'm always in trouble for saying what i think so don't don't worry <laughs> you you're, you're allowed to share it here um you know i i think yes certainly what, what you know there's so much more that they could say and that they don't. Um, and uh, I think, well. <laughs>
1: Let's not go too far into it. Yeah, no, I, I,
0: I think we better. I, I'm going to withdraw gracefully. I'll just keep
1: <laughs> counting the days to the next election and then perhaps. Yeah. I, I, I think the Tory party will struggle, really struggle to form an opposition.
0: Yes, I think that. that yeah, uh, I, I just hope that you know we see brighter days ahead, and um, you know it's. But what what is so exciting, as I say, is that you know we have people like yourself who have got the vision. Um, and you know I, I see quite a going to be. Very honest, him. I could, I could see a bright future, you know, for the hotel industry if all the um, if all the hotel chains look look to expanding what they do with certainly with accessibility.
1: Well, it's a huge market, Jonathan. You've got. Oh. Millions and millions of potential pounds to come into your business and it doesn't because the reassurance is not there for Auntie Flo who's having her eightieth with the rest of the family.
0: Yeah.
1: But she can't get out of a wheelchair or she's got audio problems or visual impairment problems, whatever the malaise is, and it becomes too much of a kerfuffle. So you you don't have the confidence in the venue and you end up staying at home or or, or, or not spending your money in a restaurant or hotel yeah and it's that um, unseen that sunken part of the iceberg, I suppose that we just can't gauge
0: uh, uh, you know I must admit you know um coming out of the pandemic when we first thought about the idea of uh, the Wheelie good travel company, uh, which I should say it was born on the stoop in hotel Brooklyn Manchester. <laughs> 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 Yes, it, every time I, I go past the stoop, I, I, I think I have a little bit of pride there, going, that was the birthplace. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, and we came into you know, sort of, we looked at what was out there in the accessible travel industry, and we knew that th- things needed to change, and a lot of what people were talking to us about during the pandemic, we suddenly realized there was such a big market. Um, and that it needed to be shook up a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we do things a little bit differently, right? but that's, you know, that was, is the joy and the challenge. I, um, I, I was, Uh, think about Richard Branson and I'm not putting myself in his bracket because you know, I I should be so lucky (laughs) Um, but his philosophy has always been take an industry and look how you can make it better and I think Mm. that's what I see with Hotel Brooklyn Hotel Gotham which I absolutely love well, who
1: who would have thought that you would see and and cherish the days when Virgin at, were running the train service from Manchester into Euston? Yeah. When you compare with what's um, being provided now at the station, it's, uh, it's, yeah. uh, you, you yearn for Richard Branson to return.
0: And the way that he shook up the cruise industry, you know, I uh, I, I a great lover of the Virgin Voyages, um, basically because they do the best food I've ever tasted at sea. Uh, <laughs> they have michelin star chefs yes. um, looking after the menus, and uh, it's you know it's what's been needed. Um, so there's exciting times ahead for the for the travel industry, um, and uh, yeah, I think the more we shake it up the better it's
1: going to be. Well, if if you keep agitating, eventually a a splinter movement can become mainstream and then it takes a a new form and and shape as a result. And that's what I would hope for, that what we're doing is saying, look, here's an example of how this could work. Um, Here are competitions and inspirations offering carrots to encourage you to do better. Can you please talk about it? Can you get the topic onto your agenda and make something happen? Now, I've probably bored most of my friends because I, I have very few other subjects than talking about access provision in hotels and restaurants. Um, but I don't mind at all because I do think it's important to, to keep raising awareness and get the message across. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm encouraged at last that there are a number of other operators who are taking this on board and interpreting the messaging in their own way uh, so we, we, we're definitely making progress and the nice thing is it's across all
0: uh, budgets as well um, you know for, I hope you'll forgive me for mentioning a um, one of the low cost hotels but I think they do deserve a mention
1: because
0: yes. um, Premier Inn's um, their accessible rooms, absolutely. You know, I I, I find them really helpful. Yeah. Because they're everywhere, and they but they they have got some fantastic um, accessibility. Mm. So.
1: I don't mind you at all because I, I I think Premier Inn have been one of the strongest brands to adopt um, a a really high level. Mm specification and even though the product itself is quite simple and budget conscious they've gone the extra mile and they they put in the investment and the effort and I I commend them for it Yeah, yeah. Thank you ever so much for
0: taking the time to talk to me today Robin and I'm sure we're going to get you back at some point (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to have to uh, meet you for a nice uh, I would say coffee but If it's in Hotel Brooklyn, Manchester, it's not likely to be.
1: (laughs) We might might take a little tincture together, I think. uh, Oh, yes,
0: yes. I I have to say, Hotel Brooklyn, especially Lucas, and I always wind him up that he's the second best um, old-fashioned maker.
1: (laughs) The second? Who's the best? You are.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I can't. I'm... Not that good. Not that good. No. There's no. um, uh, one or two of the bar staff who are absolutely brilliant. Yeah, hmm. They. All, I always say that Hotel Brooklyn do the best old fashions in Manchester. Wow. There That's you go.
1: Praise <laughs> Thank you. We we shall cherish that uh, comment. Thank you.
0: E- even better than Hotel Gotham. <laughs> uh. I'm probably gonna get my fingers slapped by Hotel Gotham there, so
1: <laughs> not at all. We're we're friendly rivals.
0: But uh yes, yeah, so thank you ever so much. And it's you know, as I say, it's a pleasure to catch up with you again.
1: All right, John. Um, thank you so much. And uh, I, I wish you a happy day. You too. Take care. Bye bye now. Bye.
0: Well, I'm sure you will agree, Robin is certainly a man of vision and a truly inspirational leader in both accessible travel and in the hospitality industry. If you want to explore the world, why not check out the great deals on reallygoodtravelcompany.com I love hearing from you, our followers, and it is great to read your comments on our social media posts. Did you know we have a Wheelie Good Travel Guide Facebook group? I would love you to come and join us. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, why not leave us a comment, rate and review us, and don't forget to subscribe. That way you will get the episodes as they are released next week. I will be looking at the European Visa Waiver Scheme that is due to start this autumn. So don't forget to listen to the really Good Travel Guide podcast next week. Until then, keep on rolling! Wheelie Good Travel Guide podcast is sponsored by Wheelie Good Travel Company. At Wheelie Good Travel Company, we believe you should be able to travel with who you choose to and do the things you want to do. We believe everyone should have the right to follow their travel dreams, so we tailor make your holiday to suit you. Check out WheelieGoodTravelCompany.com or call 0161 now.